we are all in the search to achieve the ultimate Narvana. Here we talk with guests and chit-chat about mountain biking in the Southeast and the great U.S. of A. I felt as though the Southeast was lacking in representation and there's so much to offer down here. Mountain biking is just blowing up. We'll feature regular Joes to some of the most prominent people in the mountain biking industry, particularly in the Southeast. I owe a lot to the sport, and I thought this is one way I can give back. We'll occasionally steer away from mountain biking and get into four-wheel drives, fishing, rock climbing, and just enjoying the great old outdoors. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Josh, and my very first podcast. Kind of nerve-wracking. Um got a break between meetings. I, I work here uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, northeast of Atlanta, sitting in the office, and I'm like, I got a break. I have the time. I just need to press record. So what am I doing? I'm sitting here in the office. Hopefully no one walks in. That would be embarrassing. I'm uh, doing it through my iPhone. Grassroots, baby, starting from the ground up. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's kind of nervous. Uh, I'm kind of nervous, I should say, as you can tell by my speaking. Um, but, yeah, welcome. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're starting from the very beginning when it's probably going to be pretty rough. Um, but super excited to talk with you guys. The whole point of this is really to just educate people more around mountain biking in the southeast. People often think about Pacific Northwest, out west, the Rockies. Um, even the northeast is getting pretty big in Arkansas as well. Um, but I feel like Georgia specifically is, is a forgotten state. A lot of folks talk about North Carolina and Pisgah. But when you combine the things that are happening in Alabama and Tennessee and Florida and uh, Virginia, uh, it's just exploding all over. So I really wanted a way to feature that and those people that I feel um, aren't getting the recognition and um, make it a little more relatable to the folks down here in the Southeast. There's a few podcasts. Um, Pisgah one's great. Love it. Uh, it's um, more North Carolina focused. And then you have the Ride Rebellion, which big fans of those guys, but they're more focused on the flatlands and Alabama and so forth. And um, yeah, I think Georgia doesn't really have a lot focused around here and just in general. So that is the point of this. Um, so maybe we should start talking about me, which we probably won't do much on this uh, podcast. So I'll go ahead and get it out there. So I'm Josh. 30, about to be 36 years old, and uh, just mountain biking has changed my life. I guess I should start from the beginning. So I started riding a bike when I was like four years old. Uh, I remember I had a sweet uh, red uh, and black little BMX bike, uh, took training wheels off, started riding two-wheeler pretty quick, had white tires. It's awesome. I wish I never got rid of it. Um, and um, progressed from there. Always, you know, rode a bike growing up around the neighborhood, building dirt jumps and whatnot and going on trails um, just for fun. And it was uh, an awesome experience. I, I really liked it. And like, I ended up doing, getting into mountain biking over time, uh, getting away from the BMX stuff and um, uh, did some local trails uh, here and there, nothing too crazy. And then 
got a license and like most got away from biking in general and was excited about driving a car, specifically a truck off road and beating the crap out of it. So did that uh, for many years through college and so forth and realized it's a very expensive sport, not very mechanically inclined. And it's not really a sport, I guess it's more of a hobby and, um, broke a lot of stuff and it just didn't seem feasible so kind of put that up for a while got into hunting and fishing and uh, other things in the outdoors always loved the outdoors and fast forward I got out of college uh, pretty big guy uh, probably pretty unhealthy lifestyle Um, used to smoke used to dip uh, drank a good bit was gaining a lot of weight Uh, met my wife and had kids and it got to a point, I think it was back in 2018, 2017, 2018, where I was like, I got to make a change. I want to be around for my kids. I need to lose weight, but I hate gyms. I hate traditional workouts. I hate traditional sports. Uh, what could I get into? And I remember I liked mountain biking. So my brother-in-law owns a bike shop in North Carolina, mainly road bike, but he hooked me up with a, he's a Scott dealer, hooked me up with a mountain bike uh, at cost. Thanks, bro. Uh, it's Car Cycles, if you want to check them out, in Carborough, North Carolina. Um, and yeah, they're mainly roadies. We're trying to convert them, but they'll come along at some point. And uh, yeah, started biking, and it was brutal. It was a rude awakening. At my local trail, I would, you know, ride once a week and do like three miles, and I'd be dying. And over time, I'd build up, and eventually, um, I remember there's this guy, Mike Campbell's from New Zealand, and he uh, decided, hey, I want to go on a ride with you. And I never rode with anyone. I was too embarrassed. I always wanted to ride by myself, kind of build myself up. And But it was kind of a business thing, so um, I was trying to sell to him, and he agreed um, to, to, to come with or I agreed to come with him. And, um, it was hot day. I didn't have any of the right gear. I didn't even bring water cause I don't normally ride that long. I was riding for like 30 minutes at a time. And he was like, where's your water? Don't have any. He handed me some, thank God it probably saved my life. And we went on a ride and that ride lasted like, seemed like for forever. I think it was like an hour, hour and a half, but it felt like eternity. And we ended up doing like eight miles. Um, most of the trails that we were out at is our local place called Big Creek. And it was these really chunky, rocky XC trails. We did some of the blacks that I'd never done before. And essentially in short, I think I had a heat stroke. <laughs> and I uh, got dizzy. We got done with the ride. I laid on the ground, uh, pretty much passed out. And... Uh, got water, got some food, drank some beers afterwards. We started talking and I started feeling better. And I was like, wow. I looked at uh, my Strava and I was like, man, we did a ton. He was like, that's a normal ride. And like, for me, that's huge. And it just um, showed me the light and showed me like progression and all that stuff. And so that was a a huge thing for me and it just took off from there and over time it went to two days a week and three days a week and eventually it was like five to six days a week I'd be mountain biking because I have trails close to me and, and that was my workout and I got uh, so much from it I think uh, one it's <laughs> probably saved my life because I lost like 50 60 pounds um, which was much needed uh, I had more energy to be with my kids I 
it was it was like therapy. Um, I quit uh, smoking, quit dip, uh, didn't drink as much, just really um, felt healthier and better mind, body, and spirit. There's a YouTuber I watch a lot, um, Biker, B1KER, and he calls it single track therapy. And I truly believe that. Um, I think it was therapy for me to, um, to do that. So, uh, yeah. And and here we are today and I still try to mountain bike five days a week. Um, usually a weekday rider cause I got a wife and kids. My kids are seven, two and a half and, um, my wife's stay at home mom. So I like to give her a break on the weekends and stuff and, and take kids and do fun stuff. And so, um, I, funny enough, I ride, uh, typically I work for an IT company in sales and I have a pretty flexible job. So I just try to fit in a ride when I can between meetings and whatnot, um, and uh, as long as I get my work done, remote first, uh, we're in this new world. So, yeah, that's that's um, me. And uh, as far as um, what I ride, I would say I will start with the type of riding I like. So I started with more XC type stuff and then move more into like enduro and downhill type stuff and still enjoy all types of riding. Uh, occasionally dabble in gravel riding, but I'm pretty allergic to road riding. It just bores me. I think I find the being forced to climb and being forced to get over obstacles makes me keep pedaling and not you know, try not to fall over. Whereas road riding, I just coast too much and it's not as engaging and I can't get into it. So, um, I typically like steeper technical trails. Um, I am totally cool with riding like some crazy stuff at Windrock, uh, steep tech, all that type of jazz. Um, but jumps, terrify me. Um, big jumps. Um, you know, the, the drops here and there are all good. Um, but you know, big jumps, even if they're tables, I just, airtime is a, is a tough one for me. And I, I never was a big jumper growing up. So uh, big man fall hard, uh, you know, put in perspective, I would probably weigh like 230 pounds. I'm six, four. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, some of the worst accidents I think are in jumping, but, um, so that's typically the type of terrain I like to ride. Um, and what I ride is, uh, today currently, um, I have uh, a couple bikes. So I have a Alchemy Arctos, um, down country in quotes, short travel trail bike. Um, it is uh, carbon. It's one of the more forgotten brands. Um, I think they're a really cool company based out of Golden, Colorado. Uh, they had a huge sale, so I went for it. Uh, and it's got all the goodies on it. Um, it's great for the local trails around here. You don't need much travel. Um, and then uh, I have a bigger trail bike, um, not quite enduro, but getting close there, uh, the Ibis Ritmo AF. So it's an aluminum bike, heavier, beefier. It's got the coal shock, um, big 160 up front, um, 150-ish in the back. Um, and my Alchemy, by the way, is like a 130 and 120 in the back. Um, so, so yeah, those tend to um, 
do most of the stuff I want to do um, around the southeast. And then I have a, a hand-me-down Trek gravel bike kind of hybrid that I got from my dad that I use taking the kids around in the cart or um, doing some road or light gravel or whatever. And uh, those are, that's the fleet. Um, and I guess I should talk about like the progression of getting to there. So I mentioned I started on that a uh, little kid BMX bike and then got a bigger BMX bike. And then my first recollection is of a full rigid, uh, giant, uh, mountain bike. It had the gears, it had the disc brakes, I believe maybe it was still rim brakes, but it was really cool, like dark green color. And, and that's really what I started using mountain biking. Uh, I think it was in like, you know, elementary, late elementary middle school. And then, um, you know, I was watching all the downhill mountain bike videos and the, looking at the magazines in the grocery store, and I was like, I want one of those big bikes. So I got a GT um, full suspension, which back then, their full suspensions weighed like 50 pounds. They were awful. Um, it looked cool, had a big coil spring, um, but it rode not great, especially around here in Georgia. Uh, it's a little much. And then I went the other direction and got a Cannondale a hardtail, um, if you remember that head tube single shock, uh, it's bright orange, it's like an F400 or something like that, and it was light, it was nimble, I loved it, and used that in high school, and I actually kept that in the college, um, and used it as a commuter around college, and uh, going to classes, and had it after college, and then when I started getting into it in 2017, I rode it, um, and realized that all these other bikes looked so much different, and the technology had changed, so I went to a bike shop, and I was like, hey, my shock is blown, can you fix it? No, nah, it's too old, can't really fix it, um, so they said, you should really look at a new bike, you're starting to outweigh the value from this bike, um, and uh, it just doesn't make sense. So I was like, all right, what should I get? And they gave me a lot of suggestions. Remember, my brother-in-law had owned a bike shop. He had, was a Scott dealer. And so he got me a Scott Spark uh, aluminum um, at cost. It was a great deal um, for a really nice bike. And that was my first real mountain bike, I would say. Um, I was, how old was I? I was probably, let's see, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So I was, I was probably like 28, somewhere around there. Got that, went straight to clipless because that's what everyone was telling me. Got used to it, rode clipless for a couple of years. Um, and eventually started getting a lot of injuries, like, uh, did an AC joint separation in one shoulder, uh, dislocated other shoulder. Um, and uh, just the clipless thing got in my head, and I was wanting to try something else, so I uh, went to flats and uh, have never looked back. Um, and yeah, and I went from the Scott to um, I wanted a second bike because I was braking all the time and I'm not mechanically inclined, so it's always in the bike shop. And COVID hit, so there were a lot of weights. So I got a Kona Hanzo aluminum hardtail, uh, which was awesome, as a backup bike. And then realized I wanted a bigger bike, so I got the Ibis, sold the Hanzo, and then the Scott. I've always wanted a carbon bike, and the Scott was getting ragged out. Um, I was putting 2,000 miles of single track a year on it, 
And I, uh, this past year got to the point where I was like, all right, it's my daily driver. Basically I need to, to break down and alchemy had this huge sale and that's when I got the Arctos. So, so that is what I ride now, as far as where I ride, um, well, obviously being in the Atlanta area, I mostly ride local. Um, so I would say the closest ones to me are Big Creek, which is more uppy downy XC. It's also references Big Crappy because XC is not the greatest. It's uh, pretty slow. Uh, it's got a lot of rocks and roots, really tight. A lot of switchbacks. I uh, can't really get any speed, but it's great training. And that's where I grew up, as well as Soap Creek. Uh, Soap Creek is a lot of fun. Figure eight, get some great speed, longer uphills, longer downhills, um, some great flow. Um, and it's, I think, one of the most used trails like in the country. Uh, it was um, built by Coca-Cola way back in the day. They raised a ton of money and, and built it out, and um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And there's some illegal hiking trails around the area that are a lot of fun to, to ride too. So those are my two like regulars. And then I have a unsanctioned trail. Um, we call the wood it's Simpson wood. It's in Peachtree corners, Norcross area of Georgia. And they used to be mountain biking trails and then they got closed and now they're hiking, but everyone still bikes them. And there's actually a world cup downhill racer, um, that lives in the area that made some sweet, uh, downhill, um, jumps and tracks, um, with some of his homies, um, in there as well. And we're constantly trying to, to get that sanctioned again. Um, it's a great spot. And then um, if I have a little bit more time, there's Chicopee, Blankets Creek, Rope Mill, um, uh, let's see what else, Cochrane Mill, um, Alatoona. There's so many within an hour, and tons of trails. The first ones I mentioned are like under 15, 20 minutes for me. The rest are under an hour. Um, and then for the real NAR, we go to Pine Mountain, which has got some unbelievable downhill uh, in Cartersville, Georgia, um, and then Bull and Jake. So when we start going to real mountains, uh, Jake and Bull Mountain, and then we have, um, uh, Mulberry Gap. Uh, so the Bear Hody, Bear and Pin Hody trails. Um, we got Stanley Gap, and then we got, now we got Jared's bike park which is awesome so we actually have a legit shuttle bike park um, hopefully have those guys on the podcast at some point they started their own podcast so check that out um, really cool place and then and then when we really feel adventurous um, we you know travel so we go to Pisgah uh, DuPont um, Windrock is amazing really scary but a lot of fun um, and uh, Coldwater, there's so many um, around there. I've been to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, to downhill mountain bike, um, a lot of cool places um, around the country. And um, in the southeast, in particular, there's so much opening up that I still want to go ride. I think I'm going to go try to ride Beham uh, coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, so, uh, Ride Rock Creek, too, in North Carolina, and Canuga. I could go on and on, but lots of cool places to ride. We'll talk more about that in other episodes. Um, as far as who we're going to talk to. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think the best podcasts I like to listen to are the ones that are people 
it doesn't matter who they are. They could be regular Joes, like I said in the intro, or they could be the most famous mountain bikers. But at the end of the day, it's more fun to have a podcast interacting. So this one's just me, but most of these will have guests on, and they'll range from my buddies who I started riding with. Um, just guys that are part of the, the club I'm a part of. Um, we'll talk to the bike shop I go to and the mechanics around there and other bike shops. We'll talk to people who have opened bike parks, uh, maybe pro riders. Um, I want to interview the guy that I was mentioning earlier that's a uh, World Cup downhill racer, and he lives in Georgia, just north of Atlanta. Um, apparel companies, bike companies, all sorts of different folks um, I want to talk to and, and, and try to get as many people on to, to hear lots of conversations because that's what I love. I love that interview style, Joe Rogan-ish, you know, non-scripted uh, type conversation. So, yeah. Oh, and the other thing I, I guess I should mention is, you know, besides the fact of um, the love of biking, the obsession, all my friends are suddenly getting obsessed with it, which I probably am. But um, the other cool part is, is Strava. I know a lot of people roll their eyes at Strava, um, but for me, it gamified it, and it's a lot of fun. So I encourage you guys to, to follow my Strava. It's Josh Schaefer. Um, maybe I'll change that to Narnem at some point. Um, but, yeah. I, I think it's a lot of fun, post a lot of pictures. That is my social media. I think I use that more than anything else, um, more than Instagram. I love seeing where people ride, love seeing new trails, maybe finding out where the not-so-legal trails are that are fun, too. Um, and and just uh, it's, a, it's a way to uh, keep myself honest at progression, at getting better, at uh, whole accountability. When I tell people I'm going to ride, they can see it on Strava, and I did ride. And um, It can be unhealthy at times, but I, I think it's awesome. I think it's a, it's a, I owe a lot to Strava as well, um, outside of mountain biking, just for um, pushing me to, to, to stay accountable and, and keep it up and look at those stats and mileage. Last year, I did like 2,600 miles of pure single track um which was huge the biggest year i ever had um so i i really am excited um to use that more and see how much farther i can go and, and elevation too um i think i did like two hundred sixty thousand feet of climbing which is awesome I, I, I love some big elevation so um i guess i should also talk about like um Health-wise, you know, like as far as I mentioned, lost a lot of weight. Um, it's funny. I lost a lot of weight, but yet I'm <laughs> probably in more pain body-wise than I ever have been. And I was talking to a guy the other day I was going riding with, and he was like, man, one thing you could change. What would you have done in your life? And I was like, I would have been more active throughout my life instead of in the last six years. Because I feel like I got so active so quick um, my body was reacting to it like, whoa, we're not used to you doing this. And I got really bad back pain. I did a really long ride at Stanley Gap and it was like six hours in the saddle and I herniated my L4, L5 disc and slight herniation L5 S1. And I've been battling that with for a couple of years, trying everything, PT, dry needling, electrotherapy, uh, chiropractor, massages, you know, all the above and it all helps, but still battling with that. 
Um, so that's been tough. Um, I don't have ACLs in my knees, occasional knee pain. I rehab those, but, um, and then I have, uh, also, uh, I, when I started getting back pain, I wanted to work on my core more and other body, upper body, other areas, just in my legs. And I hate gyms, like I said, so I wanted to cross train and I got into rock climbing, uh, gym climbing. And I, I love it. It's so much fun, especially when it's rainy and I can't get in my rides. I have a gym 15 minutes from me and um, I can go boulder. I can auto belay. I can, I got rope certified. Um, so we'll do top rope and um, yeah, and that's been awesome. But that also meant I started using my forearms a lot, which I never really use much. And I got bad climber's elbow or golfer's elbow. And now I'm battling that. So I can't, climb as much because I'm rehabbing and trying to let that rest. So anyway, it's a roller coaster, but regardless, it's been amazing. I still love it and um, getting older. And I think that's part of it too, just picking up kids and all that stuff. So trying to, to live healthier, healthier lifestyle and um, keep, keep the progression up uh, across mountain biking and rock climbing. So um, would greatly appreciate you guys, um, checking out my Instagram, uh, that's Narnomies, um, as well. And, um, what else? Um, apparel, we're going to be coming out with, um, apparel. Uh, so I'm working with a graphic designer on the logo stuff right now and hopefully have some jerseys, shirts, uh, hats, stickers, all that good stuff uh, as well. So would love the support. Uh, it'd be great for you guys to um, follow the podcast, follow Instagram, and get some apparel. Those are, um, you can just message me on Instagram. Uh, really, this is just a, kind of like a, a passion project for me. So um, would love any of the support. It's going to go right back into uh, the channel. And... Yeah, that's that's where we are. That's where we're at. And hopefully I'll get a guest on soon. Not quite sure. I have an idea of who I think the guest will be, but I don't want to share it yet. And um, and we'll see where this goes. Um, I think this could be fun. So again, thanks for sticking with me. If you've stick, stuck with me this whole time, I know it's probably pretty rough, uh, a little nervous. Starting out the first podcast uh, for the Narnomies podcast. Um, I will uh, hopefully be recording another episode very soon. And thank you all for listening. And remember, get out there on the trail and go search to achieve your ultimate Narvana.